Today we are talking about something that's uh, been in my heart. Uh, we, we are just two weeks roughly away from the end of the year. And so I'd like us to reflect upon this as we think forward uh, into the new year that's approaching and as we prepare for what's coming ahead. But before we do this, please join me as I pray and as far as possible, join me uh, kneeling so we can pray for God's direction. Once again, Father, we come before you humbly and we thank you for your blessings and we thank you for the, uh, your mercies and for the opportunity we have now to study your word with freedom. And I ask, Father, that you may bless us as we open up scripture. Use me, Lord, as your instrument. Anoint my lips. May I lead people to Christ. And may Jesus' name be glorified only here. I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The year is almost ending. And uh, we saw throughout the year some important and meaningful developments that as we look at Bible prophecy, we see Bible prophecy fulfilling. Uh, but yet Jesus didn't come this year. Even though he didn't come this year, we know that he will come because he promised so. And so uh, we should be aware that developments are taking place and prophecies fulfilling around us and that Jesus is coming soon, sooner than we may think. At the same time, we should be careful not to make any predictions, right? And I'm sure that 2018 will be a year full of uh, uh, events and things that will happen that once again we'll look at Bible prophecy and we'll see prophecy fulfilling just around us. But we should be careful not to set dates or to make predictions about uh, the date when Jesus will come. But we look forward to that. And uh, I just realized that today is my last Sabbath before the end of this year here in the church. Uh, next Sabbath I'll be in the Madoc Church and on the 30th uh, I'll be away for that weekend. And so this is my last Sabbath here and I'd like us to think about uh, certain things as we look forward into the new year. Uh, as I reflect upon as I reflect upon my, my own life, I realize that many factors have contributed that I, I would be shaped and I would become the Evaldo I am today. And many things have contributed to that, even my genes and my, my personality, the way I was raised up. But ultimately, it is my walk with the Lord. It is my commitment with Him that, him that has uh, particularly over the last years, uh, in my adult life, I should say, that have determined and have shaped uh, who I am. Now, none of this would have happened. None of this would be me if I had not been born of my mother, right? And so, uh, the person I am today exists because one day God uh, blessed my mother with this child. And I was born and I took this name that is difficult to pronounce in English. Uh, and I, I have this name because 
actually before me, my mother lost a, a baby. And so I would have had a different name. Or maybe I wouldn't have existed. It would have been my brother. But the Lord allowed me to be here in this world because he had a purpose. And he has shaped me into who I am. But this all started with my birth. Likewise, likewise, there were many elements that shaped Jesus' life and ministry into whom he was as a human being. And none of that would have taken place, not even his death upon the cross, if he had not been born. If he had not been born according to prophecy. Like Paul says that uh, when the time was full, in the fullness of time, Jesus came. None of that would have happened if Jesus had uh, backed up, backed off from coming and being born as a baby. And the Bible says that the angel Gabriel called Mary favored. He said, you are favored because she was going to be the mother of Jesus. She was going to give birth to Jesus. Now we are coming to the end of the year and around this time, the, the Christian world has uh, picked a date where they would celebrate the birth of Jesus. I want to say something here, and this is not to stir any confusion. This is not to stir any, any feelings. But uh, we all know that Jesus was not born on December 21st, 25th, right? Not even on December 21st, but not in the, on December 25th. Very likely he was not born on that date. And so uh, everybody knows that we do not know when Jesus was born exactly in the year. We know though that he was born. And we know that because he was born he was able to grow as a child and become a man and fulfill his ministry. We also know that the word Christmas, if you want to look it up in the Bible, we will never find it. And we know that the origin of the word Christmas is Christ's Mass. So it was a Mass that was done originally to proclaim Christ. But it's, uh, it's not in the Bible. And we, don't, and we don't do Masses here in the church either. So we don't preach that. We don't preach that Jesus was born on December 25th. We don't preach that the word Christmas is in the Bible. So in this church, at least, we don't deceive anyone about that. And there is no Santa Claus, by the way. If anyone was in, in doubt in regard to that. But we do preach Christ. We do preach Christ. And Christ is the one who should be at the center of every celebration. And Christ is the one who should be at the center of every conversation. Always. So don't be too concerned. Don't be too concerned with either December 25th or with the word Christmas. Don't be too concerned about that. Let's preach Christ. The greatest deception that the world has been, at least the Christian world has been steeped into, is another one. Is that of the false Sabbath that has been established on the first day of the week. That's the greatest deception. We need to be aware. We need to make people aware of. And let's above all things preach Christ.
Remember that some words are not in the Bible, but we use them, right? We never say that we are going to meet on the second day of the week or the first day of the week or the fourth day of the week, even though those names of the week have been named after uh, pagan deities. We, we have months that have been named after pagan deities. We have uh, months that have been named after uh, emperors. And so uh, we, refer, we refer to that by those names, but we know that God is the creator. God is the one above everything else. And like I said, we proclaim Christ. Now, as we come around the season where the Christian world talks about the birth of Christ, you may have noticed that today's text is not talking about the birth of Christ. It's rather talking about something that took place very close to his death, very near his death. And there is a reason why we'll be talking about that today. It's because someone, someone was blessed to be in a position of authority. Someone was favored to be in a position of authority. And this person had the ability, had the authority, had the authority to release or to condemn Jesus Christ. And I'm talking about Pilate as we saw in the text today. Now think about how special Pilate was. How special he must have felt. How special he was in the eyes of the people. People would look up to him and say, this is the man who has the power to determine what's going to happen here in the region of Judea. How much power he had in his hands. How privileged he was to be the governor of Judea. And he had the opportunity, he had the power to either release Jesus or to condemn him. him. The Bible says even as we read that his wife sent a message to him as he was sitting there on his uh, uh, governor's seat and uh, in the judge seat and he was about to make a decision. His wife says to him, don't have anything to do with this man. Because he's a righteous man. He's a just man. Have anything to do with him. Because I've been deeply troubled today. Because of him. Because a dream I had. Now Pilate took those words. Probably the wrong way. Because he thought that he didn't have anything to do. With Jesus death. By washing his hands. But that was something he could not escape from. Whether he wanted to admit it or not, he had something to do. He would have something to do with Jesus' destiny. Either releasing him or condemning him. And so, like I, like I spoke about myself, there are many things that have shaped me into what I am. And it's the same thing with you, if you think about it. There are many things that have shaped you into what you are. When you think about your, uh, your upbringing and you think about your childhood and you think about your, your family, when you think about the things you've gone through, the things you've been through, when you think about all the challenges and everything, when you think about the victories, when you think about the things you've learned throughout life, you have become the person you are today. And so today, rather than Looking at yourself with pity. 
I'd like to encourage you to look at yourself as someone who has been favored. Someone who has been placed in a position that in many ways, in many ways, listen to this, is similar to the position that Pilate occupied at that point. Now you may not be the governor of Ontario, of, uh, you may not be the, the premier of the province, you may not be the mayor of the city, you may not be a counselor, but you are in a position of authority. You are in a position of responsibility just like Pilate was. Because in your hands rests a decision which you have to make. What shall you do with Christ? And so don't look at yourself with pity. Don't look at yourself as I've been less favored than someone who was born in a better family than I think mine was. Think about the fact that God has brought you along all this way. Think about the fact that the Lord has brought you here. Think about the fact that you have a family here in this church. Think about the fact that the Bible tells you that you are special. That you have been, God has envisioned all of your days from the time you were still in the womb. God has placed you now in a position where you can make responsible decisions. And it's a position of the highest responsibility. Because as I said, only you can decide what you are going to do with Jesus Christ. You see, Pilate had the opportunity. He had in his hands the opportunity to stay clear of innocent blood. But he didn't do that. And likewise you, you have the option of disregarding Jesus altogether if you want. But you owe it to yourself to get to know him really. To get to know him intimately before you make this Decision finally. What shall you do with Christ? What shall you do with Jesus who is called Christ? And so Pilate asks this question. And as he asks this question. Kind of trying to transfer the responsibility to the people. The people answer back. Let him be crucified. Crucify him. And Pilate didn't see why Jesus should be crucified. And so he goes before the whole crowd and he washes his hands. He washes his hands in front of the crowd. And not only he washes his hands, he says, I'm innocent of the blood of this righteous man. Well, he wished. That was just wishful thinking on his part. Because it was his responsibility to give the verdict and to give the sentence. And so he was still responsible for Jesus' death. You know, he tried to transfer the responsibility to the crowd. And the crowd shouts back, crucify him. And the only thing that is certain is that Jesus was being condemned for crimes he never ever committed. And so I repeat it. Only you can decide what you shall do with Jesus who is the Christ. This is the question that the Bible is presenting you with today. 
This is the question the Bible is asking you. And you should never transfer this responsibility to anyone else. Your spouse can answer that for you. Your children cannot answer that for you. Your parents cannot answer that for you. You have to decide for yourself what you will do with Jesus. And if things go wrong, don't blame anyone else because it is your responsibility to choose for yourself. Don't blame the church. Don't blame anyone in the church or outside of the church because it's ultimately your responsibility what you will do with Jesus, who is also called the Christ. Will you follow Him? Will you follow Him no matter what? Will you work that other people will know Him? Will you prepare yourself for an encounter with Jesus? And not making any predictions. But what if Jesus came next month? What if Jesus came a week from today? Would you be ready? Can you look at yourself and say, yes Lord I'm ready. I'm ready to follow you no matter what. What if everything you have would be taken away? What if you'd go into the grocery store to find out that there is nothing on the shelves? And that you're not allowed to buy or sell. What would you do? Would you still hold on to Christ and to your faith in Him? What shall you do with Christ? And then Christ asks you to love like Him He loved. When Christ looks at you and asks you to renounce those things that separate you from Him. When Christ looks at you and tells you that if you love him, you will, you will follow, you will fulfill his commandments. That if you love him, you do exactly what he, what he asks you to do. What shall you do with that? What will you do with Christ? What shall you do with Jesus who is called the Christ? I leave this question with you today. And there can be many aspects involved in this question. This question can, may have a, a different meaning for each one of you. Because you know the Lord is revealing to you those things that pull you away from Him. And you know what those things are. And so it is up to you to make those decisions. But there is only one answer to the question. What shall you do with Jesus who is called Christ? Even though there may be many aspects, there is only one answer. And the answer you must say out loud. You must say firmly and state firmly, Lord, I will love you and I will follow you. But only you can decide that. Only you can do that. And so I leave this question to you this morning. That you may reflect upon that. That you may reflect upon how good the Lord has been to you. And what response you will give to Him. And if it's your desire to fully surrender to Him. And to fully surrender in every aspect of your life. Whether you're a child 
whether you're an elderly person, whether you're in the, in the force and strength of your youth, whether you are enjoying your retirement days, what shall you do with Jesus, who is the Christ? And if it's your desire to say, Lord, I surrender everything to you, those things you have revealed to me, those steps I may need still to take, Lord, I give that to you. I have no power in myself to resolve those things, but I give it all to you. If it's your desire to answer that way, and looking into 2018, to renew your commitment with the Lord. I ask you to sing with me this song. But as I say always, just don't sing because someone next to you is singing. Sing it as a response of your commitment to the Lord. In the morning when I rise. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. It's three or five. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus, you can have all the world, give me Jesus. If it's your desire to give everything to Jesus and to receive Him in your heart, whether you have never taking a stand for Christ, whether this is the first time you're making a decision for Him, or whether you want to renew your commitment, keep singing with me. Dark midnight was my cry. Dark midnight was my cry. Dark midnight was my cry. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Give me Jesus. So if it's your desire to surrender your life to Christ, if you have never made this decision and you want to fully submit to Him, if it is your desire to one day to join this church, we're not going to baptize you today right now, but if you want to become a part of this church, as we sing verse 3, I'd like the church to be in the spirit of prayer. And I'd like to ask you who have not yet made this decision to come to the front. And I'll be praying for you at the end. So let's sing verse 3. And if the Lord is moving you, if the Holy Spirit is touching your heart, if you're being pressed to make this decision, please come to the front. 
Just about the break of day Just about the break of day Just about the break of day You may come Give me Jesus It may be hard to make a decision publicly Give me Jesus but Jesus went all the way publicly and stretched out his arms and gave his life for you. You may have all this world. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus again. Give me Jesus. If the Lord is impressing you, come to the front and we'll have a prayer for you. You may have all this world. Give me Jesus. I also want to appeal to someone who would like to renew their commitment with God. Throughout the end of this year, through the end of this year and into the new year. What will you do of Jesus, who is called the Christ? If there is something that the Lord is showing you, you'd like to live behind. If there are changes in your life that you need the Lord to operate, because you can do it yourself. If your character needs to be refined, give it to Jesus. Because He can do that. So as we come to verse 4 and we sing together, I also invite to the front those willing to renew their commitment to the Lord. You know, I'm not a sensationalist. You know me. But we don't know how much time longer we'll have. And so before, before Jesus comes, or before we come to die, let's make this decision and make sure that we are with Christ. Oh, when I come to die, if you want to renew your commitment, please come to the front. Come to die. Oh, when I come to die, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus, you may have all this world. Give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me thank you heavenly father that Jesus was born we thank you heavenly father that he never shied away from becoming one with us and humbled himself all the way 
even to the death on the cross. We thank you for this precious gift. And we thank you, Lord, that you have raised the people. But especially, Lord, I thank you that this morning some precious souls have made a decision for you. I praise your name, Lord, that some people have stood up and publicly come to the front either to make a public testimony of their decision for you or to renew their commitment. And Lord, you know our hearts. You know what we need to leave behind. You know, Lord, what we need to surrender to you. And you know how much we want this change, this transformation to be operated in our lives. So Lord, release us from anything that may be binding us. The Bible says that Jesus came to set the captive free. The Bible says that he came to heal the brokenhearted. And we believe in those promises and we claim those promises in the name of Jesus. That we may be set free and that we may have our hearts transformed and restored into the likeness of Jesus Christ. May we be a powerful testimony of your power, of your gospel in this community for anyone we may get in contact with. May your name be glorified in our lives. And may we prepare people that will wait and receive Jesus when he comes. Please, Lord, honor the decisions that were made this morning. And even if, leaving this place, we may decide to walk away, may your Holy Spirit bother us every day of our lives. May your angels, Lord, do their work and pull us back and make sure that we stay in your fold, committed to the decisions we have made here this morning. I ask you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.